Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, heading into round 17 of Supercoach. I know that my classic team, uh, the flag, it is getting lower and lower every week. Whisperer, welcome back, mate. What is doing? The flag was lowered in about round four for me, mate. Uh, not too much. How are you? Yeah, I'm going all right, mate, but uh, classic-wise, has not been a great year. We've actually just got the news in Sydney, too. We're looking at another week of lockdown, so uh, a bit more time to look at how I'm going to fuck up this team this week. Cannot wait. Mate, while you're in the week of lockdown, we just announced uh, Origin 3, so very, very different uh, moods this morning. Mate, how good is that for Newcastle? That's going to be sensational. Not uh, not many better places, I think, to have an Origin outside of the big metro places than Newcastle. It's going to be uh, fantastic for the, for the community. We know that Newcastle love their footy and uh, gives me an excuse to get out of the house, I think. I had a bloke who messaged me this morning. He, um, he, he, he sent me a post that said Origins in Newcastle. He said, oh, is this true? And I went, yeah, I believe so. I think it's going to be officially announced this afternoon. And he said, oh, I might go. And I thought, you might. You fuck- of course you're going to fucking go. If you're in Newcastle and you're not going to this game, I think you're mad. Yeah, it's going to be uh, scenes. It's going to be fantastic. Like I said, it's going to be great for the community. And uh, I think it's a very, very good initiative in the NRL to give back to probably one of the biggest footy towns outside of, like as I said, the metro area. So, yeah, fantastic to see footy, uh, great footy come to Newcastle. I was reading a thing the other day, mate, for Origin 2. I think it was something like... 40 to 45% of people in New South Wales watched game two. In Newcastle, it was like 85%. Unbelievable. Yeah, mad, mad footy community. Um, they're dying out for... They're, they're very passionate about, about the Knights. I'm not, a Newcastle, I'm not a Knights fan, but I do live in Newcastle. And, and you can just tell when, when the Knights play good footy, the, the vibe of the city lifts. And I think with Origin, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help out a lot. Now, mate, we've been putting off for a couple of minutes now how we, how we went last week. Uh, I scored 1,275, not overly great, uh, pretty bang average. I I dropped about another 1,500 ranks. It's been the way I've gone for the last two weeks or so. I'm currently sitting 3,785. I've got six trades left. I just think 
This week, I might just have to white-knuckle it and just keep these trades. The way that guys are going down, it's just been unbelievable. How are you sitting at the moment, mate? Uh, I didn't captain Turbo last week, but managed a 13.70. So I uh, could have been a lot better. I could have been a lot worse. Uh, I'm just sort of now throwing shit at the wall, hoping something sticks for head-to-head. Cla- like classic ranking, not too fast on it, but did see a green arrow. Uh, we're in 13,000th, which is, uh, it's dreadful, but we're just sort of chasing those head-to-head wins. So I think I'm going to burn some more trades this week and, and uh, give something to talk about. So just for people that have been uh, paying attention, obviously you're heading into the last what, eight weeks or so with three trades. It is a bold play. Uh, in saying that, I'm sitting here with six. I'm not really sitting here all that much prettier myself, but uh, it's going to be a tough knock. Yeah, so five trades before before this week. Um, so one off you, and then you're not making any trades. So there's there's a difference. But I think also running a page dictates what I do and don't do. Uh, I've, I've been pretty vocal about this. You play the game differently when, when people are watching you. You try and make um, some entertaining stuff out of it. But um, yeah, it hasn't worked out. But you live and you learn. We, we plan for next year, but we've still got to manage the last eight or so weeks. And it's going to be a pretty exciting eight couple of weeks. Mate, uh, let's dive into some of the buys heading into round 17. Obviously, a bye week with only four games on this week. Uh, we kick off on Thursday night. We have the Manly Seagulls and the Canberra Raiders. Then Friday night, South Sydney and the Cowboys. Another game that's been moved up to Newcastle this week. Saturday sees the Bulldogs and the Roosters go head-to-head. Then the Sharks taking on the Warriors on Sunday. And this is something that we spoke about probably 10 weeks ago now, talking about how round 17, there wasn't as many superstars as round 13. Um, and, I mean, we've probably got a little bit lucky considering that, I mean, Reese Walsh is now back from injury. The, the two South Sydney boys didn't get picked for State of Origin. We've probably got more stars than what we expected, and there's still not much doing, is there? Yeah, you and I were pretty uh, vocal about this. When we were doing the round 13 by plenty, that was the round to target heavy. Um, I think the average top 20,000 players had something like 13, 14 players for their um, team in, in round 13. You look at the numbers this year, uh, it's it's down around that sort of 7, 8 mark um, for round 17. So it's clear that the the quality is lacking uh, for this buy round, but that doesn't mean there isn't some uh, some unearthed gems you and I'll talk about today. Mate, let's dive into the buys. And the first guy we've got on the list, obviously returning from injury, he will be playing on Sunday against the Cronulla Sharks, Cody Nicarima. Um, a guy, the only thing that I worry about is that it is obviously on Sunday. If you bring this guy in, um, you know, and he doesn't play on Sunday for whatever reason, you're in a bit of Barney rubble there. But Nicarima, he has been one of the real wild cards as far as halfbacks go this year. A guy that... You know, he can easily get 30 as he can 130. He's just that sort of a footballer, isn't he? Yeah, I think with Supercoach this year, though, like I'll touch on this when I do a roundup of the season. I think you've got to go with those rocks with diamonds kind of guys. We've seen how much it's paid off. The only concerning thing with with Cody is the fact that in the next three weeks, he plays the Panthers and South Sydney. But after that, mate, it's the Tigers, the Sharks, the Bulldogs, the Broncos, the Raiders and the Titans. So a pretty ideal run home uh, for Nickarim, who is averaging 69 this year and uh, we know when he's on, um, he's on. But yeah, as you said, there's a score of 34, 35, 37, and 24 all in there. Uh, but also three scores over 100 and one over 90 as well. So uh, definitely rocks the diamonds with Cody. Um, but I think yeah, you need those sort of high ceiling guys in your side for the run home. Mate, whilst we're talking about the New Zealand Warriors, we'll touch on a couple of other guys in this side. Another one that I've heard his name thrown up a little bit. He's really hard to trust, but we know the sort of pedigree he has. With Tohu Harris obviously missing, Jazz Tavega, he's going to play 13. Is this a guy that you're... He's obviously at a good price, but do you trust him? You brought this up to me before we started recording, old Jazz, and I just can't get behind... He's just burnt me too many times, uh, even like with... 
the rule with Jazz was if he played over 40 minutes, he was always a slam dunk pick and, and he'd be a guy to to really look at. But he's played 52 minutes the last three weeks and hasn't scored above 60. He only had two scores above 60 all year. I just can't get behind Jazz. And I think with the run home, you want those guys that can get you yeah, 100 plus. And I just don't see Jazz doing it, unfortunately. Mate, if you told me that Tohu Harris was going to be out for the rest of the year, I reckon all of a sudden Jazz becomes a little bit more interesting. But if he's only out for a month, as we're hearing, I mean, they play the Sharks this week. Then they've got to take on the Panthers and the Rabbitohs. It's two uh, two pretty tough tracks to pick Jazz on there. Let's look at another guy uh, from the New Zealand Warriors. Their fullback, he returns this week, Reese Walsh. Obviously a fullback, and there are a heap of unbelievably talented fullbacks in Supercoach at the moment. As we said, if you get through this next month with Reese Walsh, the run home, it's looking unreal, isn't it? Yeah, mate. Did the the top 10 fullback choices uh, over on uh, the Instagram and Facebook pages, and I had Reese Walsh ranked at fourth. Uh, have him behind Turbo Ponga and Ryan Pappenhausen. It's a pretty good company to keep there. Um, so if you own the pod player, I definitely don't hate Reese Walsh. And there might be a little bit of bias behind that because we'll discuss my trades at the end of the episode. But uh, yeah, Reese Walsh is definitely on the radar. Mate, and if you are going to go the pod player of Reese Walsh, another guy that you could potentially pair with him is Dallin Wateni's Lesniak. Obviously, played his first game. Uh, for the New Zealand Warriors last week. And I think he came up with a score of 47-33 in base. And uh, obviously, I've got him in my draft team, so I'm probably a little bit biased. But watched him really closely, and he didn't he didn't really have all that many opportunities. I think with Reese Walsh returning at fullback, uh, they could be a nice little pairing. But the return of Reese Walsh, it obviously shifts Roger Tulvasa-Shek to the wing, which I think will shift Dallin over to the left side, which will, over the next few weeks, put him outside Ewan Aiken, who uh, we know Ewan, he's obviously got glue all over his hands, doesn't normally pass the ball to his winger. So there's positives, but good God, there are some negatives too, isn't there? Yeah, definitely one to watch out for. I think DWZ has the opposite effect of someone like a Gutho. If you watch a game of footy uh, and you had to score it for Supercoach, you'd score Gutho extremely high. Uh, and looking at his scores, it's generally not as high as you think it is. Whereas DWZ, um, his first game for the Warriors, it was the opposite effect, wasn't it? Like, you look at him and he didn't look like he did a whole lot, but still pumped out an okay score in the center wings. I like the idea of, of maybe picking him up if the attack picks up, but it's probably one of these ones we have to wait on. And unfortunately, people might be running out of trades to wait on a guy like DWZ. So you'd have to take the punt. And it's probably not something I'm willing to take. But if you told me you were bringing him in, I definitely don't hate it. Yeah, I think to be bringing in Dallin, you'd probably have to be in a better, better position trades-wise than us, no doubt about it. Mate, another center wing to touch on, uh, Daniel Tupu, obviously re-signed with the Sydney Roosters this week, uh, has proven over a long time to be a fantastic super coach player. Is this a guy that you're looking at? Yeah, definitely. Big uh, big base guy. Three scores under 45 all year, uh, which people will look at and be like, oh, it's not the, the likes of Brian Toto or Ruben Garrick or whatever, but uh, four or fifth or sixth option for the run home. I definitely like Daniel Tupo, plays this round, fields the numbers. And we know that all we need is the Roosters to find that attacking spark. Um, they're definitely lacking, but we know that it can just turn around uh, in the space of a week and Tupo will be on the end of uh, a lot of tries. Fantastic under the high ball as well and will be a big kick target uh, for the Roosters' house pairing. Mate, uh, we went through all of the New Zealand Warrior options before, and obviously they're taking on uh, the Cronulla Sharks at the moment, led by Sean Johnson, obviously going to be a Warrior next year once again. Uh, a couple of Sharks we're interested in, headlined by Sean Johnson, as we said. Is he a guy that you, you've already brought in or you are considering bringing in? Yeah, I've been, been banging the SJ jump for three weeks now, and we touched on him last week. Uh, but I still think he's worth picking up, uh, even if he did miss the score last week. 75, he's the main man. Uh, a lot of fourth dropouts from John Johnson. Very, very good part of his game. Uh, a lot of stepping around the, the line as well. That Broncos defense looked to really break them open, but didn't quite get there. Could have been a huge score, but you'll still take the 75 from last week. And I think that's about where he'll sit for the rest of the year. So for a third option, you halves definitely love Estro. 
Mate, I felt like when I was watching Sean Johnson the other day against the Broncos, I felt like he was about to make a huge play about six times, and he just looked so dangerous with the ball on that dry track. The big the big barrage of points, it just never quite came, did it? As someone with the orange arm on him last week, mate, it was uh, very frustrating because you know that it was one or two plays away from him going ballistic, but um, you just got to hold hope because you know that the expected value for those guys is definitely going to pay off uh, soon. But if you say that Sean Johnson had a quiet game and he still got 75, you'll take that every day of the week. Mate, another guy on this Cronulla Sharks side who has become relevant quite recently is Ty Wilton. Now, obviously we're hearing Way Graham, he's going to be back in the next month or so, but... I mean, I feel like I've heard this narrative so many times and with uh, the the concussion situation as it is in rugby league, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if we don't see Wade Graham back this year and Ty Wilton holds on to those big minutes on the edge. He's obviously a guy that scores a heap of base, about 57 base last week. He has got a little bit of attacking upside as well, and I think it's safe to say uh, the Cronulla Sharks, they love Ty Wilton as well, just reliable as all hell. I think if you had more trades than us, he's a guy that you could look at. Is he a guy that's caught your attention at all? If Ryan Madison didn't come back into the fold last week playing 80, I'd definitely be looking at, at Wilton because, as you said, like the, the consistent 60 score there, which is is good enough to to plug into your two RFs, so especially as a as a maybe and if you're good enough to have enough trades to be able to run 18, 19 guys as has Wilton as one of the AEs, definitely worse spots to be in. But unfortunately, like I said, I don't have the trades to bring him in, but if you told me you were, I definitely wouldn't begrudge it at all. I think it's a, a fantastic uh, option to look at. Uh, th- this year, when playing 80 minutes on the edge, which he is at the moment, I mean, scores of 78, 58, 65, and last week of 59, you definitely could do much worse than to have Tyg Wilton in there. And, you know, as we know, the Sharks, they've got a, they've got a decent run uh, over the next few weeks as well. Could be anything for him. Mate, another little wild card that I like is uh, Connor Tracy. Now, he's got the hot hand at the moment. He's been playing unreal footy. You know, I've always said, oh, I think he's sort of wasted out in the centres and out in the out, out on the wing. I think this will be sensational for him to jump into 5-8. I think the more times he can get his hands on the ball, essentially, the better for the Sharks. I mean, he came up against Katoni Staggs the other weekend and got put on his ass once or twice. But outside of that, I thought he did a sensational job up against him. Obviously, scored a try, but uh, you know, but you, you know that better than most of us, right? Uh, yeah, shout out to uh, MJ. I know he listens to this podcast. He he, I think he had the armband on Connor Tracy and he did him wonders and, and ruined my draft week. But in terms of classic, yeah, definitely big upside for Connor Tracy uh, and an okay price as well to pick up. Moving into the halves this week, we'll play that secondary role to SJ. But even him back at center, uh, when he goes back there, I think for, for super coaches, it's, it's a perfectly fine position. He's basically another attacking option they have. He'll link up with Will Kennedy well on that left edge uh, in the centers, but even... Uh, in the halves, I think he can definitely create his own opportunity um, as well. Another one of the Sharks boys I want to quickly touch on, uh, our man Sifatalakai. You, you feel sorry for anyone that went early on him, don't you? Oh, mate, I, I feel sorry for me that went in about round six of my draft to get him. Fuck it, it's, it's been a tough gig to watch. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people would have seen the hype around him and, and I, I've had plenty of guys that this is their first year of Supercoach and you've heard me talk him up, you talk him up, there's plenty of other podcasts that talk him up and I think the key was just Sean Johnson, wasn't it? Like he played outside SJ uh, last year and dominated and uh, outside on that left, if he ever comes on there as that edge runner on the left, it's just not the same, is it? 
Oh, mate, and for me right now, obviously being very selfish with my draft team because I have got Ty Wilton, I'm almost sort of hoping that Siffer just stays in the middle realistically. Um, I will say, I thought he came up with one fantastic tackle on the weekend. It was a try-saver against the Broncos. Uh, one of those real effort plays that probably Siffer hasn't been well known for in defense, especially over the last couple of weeks. It's been grim, but... I just don't see the minutes being there. Like, I'm literally watching Cronulla Sharks game hoping for a front row or a middle forward to get injured so Siffer becomes relevant. It's it's a tough watch watching a guy as talented as him being used the way he is. Yeah, I mean, you talk about effort plays from that um, Broncos game, and we're not going to touch him this week because he will be playing Origin and doesn't play the bye, but the effort from Payne Haas, I wow. think all that, all that game, oh. that, that game was just sensational from Payne Haas, one of the best games of footy I've seen him play. I think it was capped off by that play at the end of the game where he ran back 80 metres and, and stopped, to, stopped to try to keep um, keep the Broncos not so much alive, but get them off the bottom of the table and, and definitely give them some, some hope around uh, their season. And mate, especially they were up by eight points. They weren't up by six. Like the game, the game, the game was gone. Brisbane had that game won, but for him to come up with that play, I think it. I, I don't want to say they've turned the corner, but God, I hope it's one of those moments that is a turning the corner thing, because um, that, that's what they need from Payne Haas. A sensational knock by him, mate. Uh, the last guy, Ruben Garrick. I've got a question mark next to him. Obviously, you're paying out the ass to get this guy into your team. For me, I know that I can't afford him. I feel like I'd be a little bit late to the party to get Ruben Garrick, but. Fuck, it's scary what he's doing at the moment. The thing, mate, and, and you and I touched on this a, a couple of weeks ago as to sort of why both our seasons haven't panned out fantastically. You and I are both big fans of base stats. Um, but Ruben Garrick, it's it's scary to pay over 600K for a guy that if it doesn't score, it's not fantastic. But it, he keeps producing week in and week out. And um, he was a, a popular player in 2019 because he was a rookie and a bottom dollar player and made a bit of cash and then fell off the wagon a little bit last year. And then with Tommy Turbo back in the side, Garrick has become sensational and, and goal kicking uh, very, very sharp boot on the weekend. And you're paying a lot of money for him. If you can get the cash, get him, but it's a lot of cash, isn't it? Oh mate, it's a heap and it's cash that I don't have. I think if I was in a better situation, I'd potentially look at him, but God, it's just it's so much money to go. As you said, and we're probably both running along with the same wrong mindset still. I just look at him and go, God, if he doesn't score a try and I spend 800K for a 21, I'm going to be beside myself. I mean, that's that's the problem that I think I faced this year, definitely. I relied too heavily on on base stat numbers, whereas guys like Alex Johnson uh, and Ruben Garrick just continue to, to, to tear up. You say that if you're in a better position, you'd get him. I think if you're in a better position, you'd already have him. He's one of those guys that um, has killed it. I'm, I kick myself every day because I said back in round six, I remember back on my pod, I said in round six, um, Ruben Garrick's going to be a really, really good pickup. And um, yeah, I just wish I listened to my own advice. Mate, uh, a guy that could sort of be in the buy category, he could also be in the hold category as we head down there, is uh, Adam Fanua Blake. Now, a guy that a lot of people already have, a lot of people would have been looking to buy him this week. But of course, uh, Matt Lodge entering this system, it's kind of thrown a bit of a spanner in the works, hasn't it? Yeah, AFB was one of the most popular purchases last week. And I think a lot of people would have reversed, myself included. Uh, I think I came on the pod last week and said I was buying AFB and then I, I reversed. Um, when the news of of Bat Lodge coming over and then I, I go on to see AFB score 80 odd and I'm thinking, oh shit, like should have held firm. I ended up getting paint hearts, which worked out well, but AFB did play big minutes in Golden Point. Uh, doesn't have Lodge last week, but is back in, he's in the starting side this week. If he can do it again, I'd definitely be all over him. I'm just, I just want to see how he goes uh, with Lodge in that side. And mate, not only did he score 70-odd, 80-odd points, he looked like a 70- or 80-point player, didn't he? He looked unreal to me. 
Yeah, it's uh, one of those. Same thing with um, with Josh Papali'i. I think Josh Papali'i had one of the best first stints um, from a super coach standpoint that I can remember. I think he had 41 points in 26 minutes and, and AFB was very, very similar. Just a, a continual hit up, you'll take one or two hit ups a set. Uh, and yeah, it just looks really, really good. I think it's a fantastic pickup for the Warriors. And if they can just get some momentum together uh, with Matt Lodge, who I think is, is being a little bit, not disrespected, but people just don't really consider him an elite front row forward anymore. Uh, but he's playing some some great footy this year as well. I think it's a pretty dynamic front row pairing. Uh, but how weird is it going to be able to, going to see Matt Lodge in uh, in the black and white on the weekend? I, I don't know if I can get my head around that, mate. It is going to be an odd one. And I, you know, I also look at this Warriors team, and when you look at the lineup they've got, I mean that that bench it is not great. Uh, for our mate AFB, obviously Kane Evans, Leeson Armour, Bunty Afoa, Ben Murdoch, Masilla. And I mean, you won't know until Sunday afternoon, realistically, if they're going to bring um, this replacement hooker that they've got in this side as well onto the bench. So it, it, it's just, it's a hard gamble to sort of take Adam Fanua Blake. But I mean, I, I we, we could get to next Tuesday and, and, and updates are done and everything. And I look and he could be on 55 or he could be on 80. And I don't think I'd be shocked either way. He's just one of those players, isn't he? Yeah, uh, just continual output from him and, and yeah, hopefully for owners it pays off. One man I will touch on from the Warriors quickly that isn't on the run sheet. If they do have the full forward um, bench, I think Wade Egan could be a sneaky pickup. Yeah, um, Been really impressed with Egan over the last couple of weeks. Has improved his t- attacking output. Um, immensely and looks much more creative around the ruck as well. So if you're looking for another hooker uh, now that Marshall King is out for two weeks, if you were going to pick him up after another week on the on the watch list, I think Wade Egan could be a pretty sneaky pickup as well. God, I'll tell you what, I think he scored the luckiest try of all time last weekend. I'll tell uh, you, yeah, yeah. far <laughs> out. Mate, I'm telling you, Norman going to that party, that wasn't the dumbest thing he did of the week. It was being the second marker going to the short side and falling for a dummy down the open side. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I think from memory, both markers went the same side, which is rule number one oh. in defense. And then uh, Wade Egan threw the most extravagant dummy that I, I don't think... Uh, some of your boys that you coach at the junior level would fall for and uh, Wade Egan just strolled over untouched. Unbelievable. I, I honestly don't think Norman going to that party was the stupidest thing he did that weekend. That was unbelievable, mate. Another guy, obviously, from the New Zealand Warriors, Tohu Harris. A lot of people have brought him in. He's now injured. I don't have enough trades to swap him back out. I think I'm going to hold him. What, what, what's your sort of play here? I think that in the top 1,000, I think I read a stat today, it's like 85% or 95%. Something huge have Tohu Harris, which makes sense. What do you do with him? The whisper of curse strikes again, mate. Brought uh, Tohu in last week, and uh, as it's been for the season, he goes down, which is always fantastic. But I think the play is just to hold. Uh, I don't think people have enough trades, because you need him for the run home. I don't think people have enough trades to trade out and then back in. Um, I think you just hold him. Everyone else is going to be in the same boat. So I would just be holding Tohu personally. What about Jerome Luai? He's another one that uh, we've got a question mark next to. Obviously, in a similar situation to Tohu, going to be missing a couple of weeks. Hasn't scored overly well. I, I, I think you mentioned to me before we started recording that when you brought him to where he is now, you've dropped like 300K or something ridiculous. Where do you sit on Jerome Luai? Yeah, I think I bought him at his peak, which was like 660 or, or 670K or something ridiculous. He's, he's now 370K, and I've put on here, Jerome Luai in brackets, what's the point? Because really, what do you get out of selling him? Um, you're not going to bank much cash. You're not going to really do anything with the, with the money that you've got there. So for me, Luai is just a hold, and then just hope to God that that form comes back. And I mean, let, let's be honest here, Jerome Luai, he, he can find form in an instant as well, especially in that side. If he does come back and Nathan Cleary isn't back just yet either, I mean, it could be anything. 
Yeah, and we know that on that left hand side, it's just got he's just got to turn it on. But it's been a, a little bit grim. I mean, he has a season average of sixty two, but a five round average of thirty one. So it just shows you that the form has fallen off a cliff uh, drastically. Mate, now let's dive into some sells. The first guy, I feel like we've spoken about this guy a few times as a sell, but uh, I think so many people have played it so differently with Dane Laurie. Is, is it time for him to go in most sides? I mean, probably not going to be one of these guys that you play. I mean, the Tigers have an okay run home, as we touched on with David Northland last week, but yeah, it's just harder and harder to watch him and the Tigers stifle an attack. So for me, Dane Laurie, just bank the cash and, and move on. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'll tell you what, apart from Supercoach, obviously, just NRL-wise, I think he's been really impressive the last few weeks. Fuck, he's taken some tough curries and really rolled his sleeves up. Yeah, for a little man as well, uh, I think he's uh, he's very similar to a Preston Campbell mold for me, just in terms of what he can do. I think he offers a little bit more attack as well as what Preston did, and the defense is fantastic. I remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, not a couple of months ago, sorry, that he held Mish Barnett up at point blank. It was one-on-one tackle, and uh, Barney hitting a, a good line ball it's not easy to stop him five minutes out. And I, and I remember Laurie wrapped him up and uh, that was sort of the turning point that I sort of knew as a Tigers fan that he'd be a, a decent option moving forward with, with uh, defense, because we know that the Tigers have no issue scoring points. It's all about um, stopping them. And I think Dane Laurie is a, a fantastic defensive center and has provided plenty for us in super coach, but it's probably time to move on. Mate, uh, let's have a look at the nation's capital and there. Bailey Simonson, a guy that was very popular last week, was obviously named to play fullback. He's got a foot injury. Looks like he's going to miss about six weeks or so. I know this is a guy that you brought in. He's a sell, is he? Yeah, chalk uh, that one up for another one that I brought in that, uh, that got injured. So, yeah, of course, just stay away from whoever I'm buying. But uh, Bailey Simonson, yeah, fantastic um, option for the first week. He was in at fullbacks. I think he scored 130. Uh, but poor scores other weeks. I mean, the, the, the Raiders have been in shocking form. And uh, I don't know when they're going to turn around, in all honesty, because they have so much class on the field and it's just not clicking. I don't know what's going on. And unfortunately, that means uh, Bally Simmonson isn't scoring um, too many points. And I think they're desperately crying out for Charles Lucas to come back. But unfortunately, that won't be until 2022. Mate, the next man on our list is Luke Thompson from the Canterbury Bulldogs, a guy that we were very high on. And uh, he was fantastic when Josh Jackson was out, as we predicted. But. Uh, since coming back, I mean, hasn't got a score over 60. The last two weeks, he's gone for 42 and 52. Uh, and, I mean, last week he played 60 minutes as well, obviously in a game where they spent most of the time standing behind their try line. But um, he's a guy that if I could sell him this week, I think I probably would, but I probably don't have the trades up my sleeve. Is this a guy you'd be moving on if you can? Yeah, I think this is a luxury trade if you can move him out. Same as Ryan Madison last week. Uh, one of these guys that I probably couldn't move out just because of the trades I have. But if you're pretty stacked for trades. Uh, definitely look at moving LT out because I just think that there's better output, especially if you're competing in that top 1,000. You need to be getting guys that are going to be consistent for you. And I, I just don't think that Luke Thompson is that with Josh Jackson back in the building. We know that he takes a lot of base from him. And um, yeah, it's just coincided with each other. When Luke Thompson wasn't there, Josh Jackson was averaging 65. When Josh Jackson wasn't there, Luke Thompson was averaging 65. And when they both come back in, they, they're scoring about 50 to 55 points. So taking the attack away from each other, unfortunately. Mate, uh, one of the other really interesting guys moving forward, and of course, 
how how good he is depends on when Ryan Pappenhausen returns, which is going to be very, very interesting when he does return and he's an option in Supercoach for people to bring in. We're talking Nico Hines, obviously. What are you thinking moving forward with this guy? Well, the thing with Nico is I think Pap is back round 20 and it all comes down to what you think Bellamy's going to do. Um, do you think he'll shift him to the centers? Do you think he'll put him to the bench? Do you think he'll drop out of the side altogether? I, I'm just going to interrupt you. I can confirm he's not going to play centers. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I, even, yeah. even without that news, I don't think he was going to play center. So yeah. um, Nico Hines, uh, Tom Sankson made a great point uh, last week on, on one of his small talk segments that Nico Hines, it's not about the money for him. It's the the attacking output that he can provide. And so I yeah. think I think you just hold him up until the end, don't you? Up until Pap is named. I know that you're probably going to lose 100, 200K, um, but for the 300 points he can get you in three weeks, I think it's worth just holding on and, and taking those points and, and going with the crowd with, with that play. I've got no choice but to hold him, but I think even if I did have the trades, I think I would be holding on to Hines, to be honest with you. I mean, this Melbourne Storm juggernaut at the moment, they, it, it, they're just scoring so many points. I think you're crazy to let this guy go, realistically. Uh, Melbourne Storm clear premiership favourites in your mind, even uh, if Nathan Cleary was fit? Uh, yeah, I, I think they are, but I mean, I, I've always been pretty biased towards the Melbourne Storm, realistically. I, I thought they were going to win it since day one, but I think that just what they're doing now, and I mean, there's so many of their guys, mate, that I'm sorry, they're not even at 80% of their best still. Like, it's it's freakish what they're doing at the moment. Yeah, the fact that they're missing probably the third best fullback in the comp and the best hooker by far, uh, and still dominating, I think... Brandon Smith really come into his role. I think he's he's been very, very open about how his weight dictates how he plays. Yep. Uh, I think he has two bodies, a lock body and a hooker body. And he came into the start of the season thinking he was playing lock. Harry Grant went down. He's a bit probably overweight for the, for the hooker position. And, and he struggled, uh, Brandon Smith. But the more that the season's gone on, I'd be very, very impressed with him. And I think people, some teams just need to throw 750, 800K at him. Teams that are struggling like the Bulldogs or the Titans or whatnot, I think just throw the checkbook at him and, and get him to play nine because I've been very, very impressed with with him. I think the other thing about Melbourne too, mate, I mean, the 5'8", I'm sorry, he hasn't played any good footy yet. He's put in a couple of good kicks over the last few weeks. That's it. Like, once Munster actually finds some form, which personally I have no doubt he's going to do come finals time, like this team, the, the ceiling on them, it is terrifying. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, and... Uh, Dan and Kemp put up a pretty important post, I think, on on Facebook about how the fullback is becoming more and more crucial. And you look at the the, the Storm's three best players in Jerome Hughes, Cam Munster, and Ryan Pappenhausen. And I'm sorry, they're all fullbacks at heart, like they are. And it just shows the the free flowing footy that they're playing and the points they're putting up is we haven't seen it since 2001 Parramatta. And a lot, a lot of people want to discredit the Storm side, saying the rules have changed, but. Uh, it's funny that the Storm are the only ones doing this, and everyone else is sort of floundering. Everyone else playing by the same rules. Exactly, mate. Yeah. No, no, I, I think they are the outright favourites for me, mate. Let's uh, let's dive back into Supercoach. And obviously, the captains heading into this week, you pretty much get a free look at a vice-captain on Ruben Garrick playing fullback without Tommy Turbo. Um, what, what sort of a score are you predicting here? For Garrick at fullback, last time he played, he got like 130-something. But the way he's been playing, I, it's hard to say that he doesn't get that as well. Uh, one man that we didn't touch on for the buy holds and sells, a lot of people looking at bringing in Jason Saab. Mm. I understand why, but I just it's just not viable for me. I mean, if you've sold Saab, yeah, you, you, you cop the loss and move on. But people just look at one big score and want to like really hold their hat on that. Uh, I am stalling for time so I can pull his stats up. Yeah, so he scored 162 last week. Fantastic. 67 the week before, but it was a 26, a 42. 
230 the weeks before that. We know yeah. that when Saab doesn't score, it's not great. So, um, sorry, just a golf topic. But yeah, I don't think Saab is a is a fantastic option to be bringing back in, especially just under 500K. Um, I know that the, the score on the weekend was phenomenal, but for me, it's just a, a wasted trade. And I'd much prefer going Ruben Garrick for the, for the run forward. And especially, mate, this week without Turbo playing, I mean, I don't think this is the week to buy him by any means. No, definitely not. But the, the scary thing with Saab is, though, like, it's it's under eight football, isn't it? Just give him the yep. ball and let him run because no one's going to catch him. Like, the game plan for, for Manly on that right edge side is pretty simple, isn't it? No, oh, it, it, he is so... It's amazing to watch him move, like, just having the, the long legs that he does and how quickly... He, he just looks like he swallows up metres so much quicker than anyone else in the game at the moment. It's unbelievable. I'll put you on the spot, mate. A three-horse race between uh, Hammer, Adokar, and Saab. Uh, right now, I think I'd take Saab, but I, I still think Adokar 2017, I still think he was the fastest footballer I've seen, to be honest with you. I just want to see Hammer in full flight. Like we see him in line yep. breaks, but it's, it's it's it feels like he just jogs and still puts uh, laps on people. So uh, there, there's been talk. I think there's been talk for years, mate. I'm I'm 23, and I remember talks back when I was 10 years old about the, uh, an All Star weekend. And you want to see it, don't you? You want to see these guys just uh, in full flight and see who has the bragging rights. Oh, mate, it'd be sensational. It'd be so good. I, I still think like on Grand Final day, I reckon that'd be unreal. The the amount of shit that they roll out on Grand Final Day for entertainment, my God, give us something that we'd like to see. I reckon that would be amazing. Um, mate, obviously, we spoke Garrick. He's he's a VC option. Another guy, obviously, Cody Walker for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, playing the North Queensland Cowboys from Newcastle this weekend. Cody Walker, pretty appealing at the moment, isn't he? I think a lot of teams are going to have the blue armband on Garrick and the orange on Walker. I think that's going to be the common play moving forward, mate. So it's a pretty pretty like common decision but it's the right one in my opinion i'd say i was really nervous about cody walker leading into this week because obviously latrell mitchell's not playing i thought he'd go back to fullback i thought benji come in at six which worried me a little bit for cody walker uh but obviously benji marshall being named at nine that changes everything a lot uh i really do like the cody walker pick now made a little pod move joey manu sydney roosters uh i mean i feel like i've seen him carve up the canterbury bulldogs before when he's playing fullback he's just you just can't prepare yourself for Joey Manu, can you? There's no tape. There's nothing you can really do to prepare yourself for Manu. You just have to try and white knuckle and hold on for whatever the hell he throws at you because I feel like he doesn't know what he's going to throw at you half the time. No, if I saw a team throw a million bucks at Joey Manu a season to play him at fullback, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. He's sensational playing number one. And this is probably more of a draft pick, but I know a lot of people do pick him up in classic in their center wings. And if you have him, uh, you could do worse and put the orange armband on him because yeah, at fullback, he is simply sensational. And we saw what, uh, what a certain sensational fullback did to the Bulldogs last week. Mate, uh, another one that we're going to touch on, the last skipper we're going to talk about, we've already spoken about him, but Sean Johnson, obviously the last few weeks, he's essentially scored exclusively uh, 70-odd points uh, in this game against the New Zealand Warriors. Two teams that are really competitive, but they do leak points left, right, and center, especially the New Zealand Warriors. They sort of play a, we're going to score more points than you style of footy, and this really suits Sean Johnson. It feels like the Sean Johnson Cup, this one, doesn't it? Yeah, the uh, the audition tape. So definitely, um, definitely like SJ here, and I think the Sharks are gonna want to bounce back after a pretty disappointing loss last week against uh, a side that they really should have beaten. Now, mate, before we go, game three, Newcastle. What's gonna happen? Oh, <laughs> me passed out on the hill from too many uh, Great Northerns, probably. But from from the footy, I'd I want to say Queensland because I just I have to. But it's just so hard, isn't it? I don't know. How do you think Mitch Moses is gonna go? 
Uh, I, I actually think he'll do okay, to be honest with you. I, I'll tell you what will happen. He'll have a game where he'll do what he's been doing for Parramatta. He'll lead them around well. He'll kick well. He won't come up with try assists. He won't, I mean, and people will bag the shit out of him. But I actually think he'll handle the, uh, the stage all right. But, I mean, in saying that, he's walking into a reasonably easy job as far as being a state-of-origin halfback goes. I think with the way that these two centers are playing and the forward pack they've got, it really couldn't be much better for him, could it? No, I think it's going to be a clean sweep personally, mate. I think the the strategy from Moses or whoever plays on the left side is just give um, give Tavoyevich the ball and have him absolutely skin Hemi. Uh, so, so I think yeah, I think it's going to be three 0 and uh, it's going to be one of the most dominating series I can remember in, in recent years. Mate, the, the only thing that does worry me is the return of Kalen Ponga. I'm so excited to see him back in this arena. I'm I'm actually stoked. It's not a decider to be honest with you because I just. As much as I love deciders, I I would be so nervous knowing that KP's coming back into this side in Newcastle. I don't know. It, it's just got a good little narrative to it. But uh, betting-wise, I think I would have to go New South Wales as well in this one. Uh, Whisperer, mate, thank you for joining us once again. Always a pleasure to have you on. We look forward to catching up with you next week uh, when we're both going to have less than one hand's worth of trades. It's going to be a bit of a nightmare run home. Mate, uh, not looking forward to it at all, but thank you very much for having me on once again. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.